You're going to want to hear this. Our next in-person mastermind is coming up and we're doing things a little differently. Tickets are available to everyone. No membership required. Picture this, a day and a half of learning, networking, and problem solving with like-minded law firm owners who are as passionate about building the best law firm possible as you are. We'll kick things off with a presentation from sales and marketing expert, Dave D. If you don't know Dave, be sure to go back to episode 605 of the Maximum Lawyer podcast to hear him share how lawyers can stand out in a crowded market. Following his keynote and Q&A are the Mastermind Hot Seats. Every attendee has the opportunity to dive deep into their business obstacles with their mastermind group and coach. There's nothing like the energy of being with other driven law firm owners who are just as committed to their success as you are. We believe that nothing beats working on your firm in person, so join us in Charlotte on July 15th and 16th. This is your chance to break through barriers, gain fresh perspectives, and accelerate your law firm's success. Visit MaxLawEvents.com for full event details and to grab your ticket today. Run your law firm the right way. way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Six for six. We haven't recorded six episodes of the podcast in one day in a very long time, but I'm excited. I'm excited about our guest. I'm excited to be here with you. I still have to do my Immigration Answers Live show in an hour, so that'll be my seventh show of the day. But how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great, man. We're, we're going to bring the energy for this final show of the day. It's a good one. It's something that I think both you and I are excited about. So I'm doing great, though. So this is, this is going to be a fun one. Our guest today is Manny Griffiths, and he is with the company formerly known as Milestones, but now it is called Hona, and he's the co-founder and CEO of Hona. He has spent the last seven years in legal tech. So Manny, welcome. Happy to be here. Glad that I'm six of six. Last, but hopefully not least, want to make this one exciting. So Excited to chat with you both. Well, we just said, for those of you listening on the podcast and not watching the video, that Manny wins the award for the best backdrop. You can see the mountains behind him. And he said that he deserves the award for the most episodes listened to by a non-lawyer. Tyson challenged him about our friend Larry Weinstein, the CPA down in Houston. But Manny, we are glad that you are with us. Why have you listened to so many episodes of the Maximum Lawyer podcast? I really just love to learn the space. I listen to a lot of legal. I'm a non-lawyer founder in the legal tech space, which can be controversial or sometimes people are like, oh, I want a lawyer that creates my tech. And so I want to know as much about the space as I possibly can. So I'm always listening to this and numerous other legal podcasts. Tell us about it's because the reason why we wanted to have you come on was a couple of reasons. One, you changed the name Milestones to Hona, which I, to be honest with you, I like, I love the name Milestones. I thought it was a great name for what you all do. And so we want, we wanted to, to talk about that, but then also you all got a big round of funding, which was amazing, like a, a massive round of funding, which was awesome. So we're, we're going to talk about those two different things at some point, but right now talk about, 
why you all started Milestones originally, which is now Hona. Why did you all start that? And, and tell people a little bit about what it does as well. But why did you all originally decide to start Milestones? Yeah. So the reason that we started it was because it was, it was really twofold. One, I had experience in the legal tech space. And I worked for a case management software company and my clients asked me for a Domino's pizza tracker for their cases like over and over. So I, I had this in the back of my head like that's a really good idea or something with that, something that helps out the client experience. But the biggest reason was my wife was in a, a car accident in Provo, Utah, just, just down the street from here actually. And so we went through the process of this personal injury case and there was gaps of like seven months, five months, eight months where like we didn't hear from our attorney. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like there needs to be some more transparency. And I'm not accusing any personal injury firm of that. But we were like, I want to learn about what's happening. What is my lawyer doing? What is a demand letter? What does this even mean? So that was the big event that said, OK, I'm going to go build this software to really help the client experience from law firms. Talk to us about the difference between you being able to inform your client through the app versus having your client contact you and ask for updates on your case. What, what, have, what have you heard from the law firms that you've worked with? Yeah. Well, we really want our firms and our clients to do both, right? Because t telling them and being able to ask their lawyer is super important. Like that personal touch is really important. I think the difference is like using Hona is that's the way like the world is changing and people like don't have time to talk on the phones. People are busy like technology, all these applications like the Domino's Pizza Tracker, Amazon Package Tracking. They all use technology to you know communicate updates with their clients. So why is this not happening with businesses and law firms? It, it needs to happen. The, the landscape has changed. So I think that's, that's a big thing. On the technical side of things, it seems like this is a trickier thing than what most people think, because it, it definitely seems like Domino's I've heard has spent a ton of money on developing their pizza tracker. And now you see them on like with several pizza companies, delivery companies, but they're not, none of them are really as good as Domino's. So how tricky just from the technical side of things, how, like how tricky was it to develop this? You know, it, it's it's tricky because you have to like, here's the hard part. If you're a law firm, you don't want to jump between tabs all day saying, okay, I'm in my case management software and then I have to go to another tab to update my clients and another tab to do my accounting and whatever it is. So like our whole thing is that you don't have to change your day to day if you're a, a law firm. We connect to your case management software and it's going to use technology and the APIs to send updates to your clients. So the, the hard part is integrating with all these different case management softwares to push out those updates and communication. So like we have 10 or 11 integrations, like sending a text message and, and going into a web application isn't that difficult, but like tying into each of these case management softwares is a lot of work and it. Each one of them is so different. So that's that's really the hard part of how to do this. In one of our earlier episodes today, we asked a lawyer who has a 
implementation company, a software implementation company, a partner, what grade she would give to most law firm owners. And I would think that when it comes to how they use technology, I would think that you're probably working with law firm owners who get it, who are probably pretty technologically savvy. Where do you think the state of legal tech is from a user standpoint? Yeah, it's interesting. I read this book called Crossing the Chasm. Really cool book, actually. It's a, it's a tech book about like when people adopt new technology. And it kind of describes it as, as like a, the, a classic bell curve, whether you're at the start of that curve or you're a late adopter. And what classifies someone to getting to that mass adoption or that 80% adoption? I think we're really at the early end of the bell curve. This is like 10 or 20% adoption. You know, it's really early adoption. But in 10 years, we're going to come up on that bell curve and 80 or 90% of lawyers will be using Hona or a product like Hona because people are seeing how well it works for their clients. So we're on that early, early end of the bell curve and there will be mass adoption. Everyone will be using this in the next, you know, 10 years. I don't disagree with you. It is a very, very handy thing. And I think a, a lot of people get a, get a lot of use out of it. All right. So I, I can't wait anymore. I got to jump. I got to jump into this because I want to know so badly. You all changed the name. All right. So, yes, we changed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so tell me why. And then I guess tell me what, like as much as you can, but tell me why. But then how did you come to the name Hona? Because th th this is not like a, a simple process. This has got to be a complicated process. So, so tell us about it. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about. It. So we were Milestones, which was a great name, Tyson. I it was I fantastic. Loved I loved the name so much. <laughs> yes, we loved it, and like we had a great brand. But I think what was happening was people just looked at our product as like milestone case updates. That's what it was. And when you heard the name, that's what it was. Oh, they just do the they do the updates. But like our product has evolved and has developed into much, much more than just milestone updates. We really wanted something ambiguous that didn't mean anything that when people heard Hona or heard the name, it depicted client experience, technology and client experience. And so we actually and this is kind of bold of us, but we picked a name and we used chat GPT to find it. But we picked a name that didn't mean anything. And, and that was because we want Hona to mean client experience. And so it's kind of bold. And But like in seven, you know, when our brand is big, people say Hona. Oh, yeah, they do the client experience technology tool. And so it's interesting. A, a couple of things with this. We wanted something short, one syllable, something that we could find the dot com for because that's nearly impossible these days. And so we needed something that just we could grow into. And, and the thing is, is we're a really early stage technology company. Like we're two years, just over two years in it. A lot of times these products pivot and they change. You've probably used software tools that are, you know, were something else a long time ago, but they started out as something else. So we wanted to be able to grow into a name and a brand that was really, you know, broad. So how are you going to do that? How are you going to go beyond mile, what Milestones was and was perceived as to where you want to be? Like, what's the what's the three-year outlook and the, maybe the 10-year outlook? So I think that, like, our real vision for, like, what we do in our product is, like, a bridge between, like, a CRM or the law firm and the client. So if you think about all the interactions that you have as a lawyer with your client, you're going to have 
basic communication. You're going to have data collection. So sometimes you need information about, you know, their social security, their medical records. So like collecting information from them. A lot. Another thing is like billing and handling money, like transactions. So like that's another interaction that will go through Hona. You think about like even face-to-face communication, like that can go through Hona as well with like something like what we're using today. And so like every interaction will be done and stored through Hona. So we like we just released an AI chatbot too where it like can like actually give you more information on the case from it using AI, which I can talk more about later if you want. But Oh, I mean, that is interesting. So, okay. So are you saying that a current client of mine, if I had Hona, could go and do a chat bot to get information about their case? Correct. Wow. Okay. That's, that's new. I've not heard that before. That's that, talk more about that. That's cool. So this is early stage. It's beta right now, but essentially what it, it does is your law firm can use like you could you could upload a 10 page word doc or pdf about firm policies how you run cases every like your team members and so they like your clients could go into hona and be like you know could ask a question hey what's the typical timeline for gina responding to me i don't know whatever they want to ask how many records is common for my personal injury case that i need to be collecting and they could ask it. It could look into your firm's policies. It could look into the web. It could look into their current case, like your case management software, and derive an answer for them. So it's like they can get a lot of detail on their case just from asking AI, you know, the chatbot inside Hona. Could they do something where like, hey, when's the last time that you know Tyson reached out to the insurance adjuster? Like, would they be able to get information like that? Yeah, that's our whole vision for this is like, and this is the scary part too, because you're going to say, oh, I don't want them to look into my case management software and pull in notes, right? So we're going to be, we're going to tie into the case management software and like you, like you as the lawyer will specify which content you want to go to your clients and they could ask and they could receive. So they'll be able to ask questions about their case that you've given them permission and it'll answer that directly inside Hona. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today, Manny Griffiths, he's the CEO and one of the founders of Hona, formerly known as Milestones. Manny, talk to us about the growth of your company. You know, we we have a lot of law firms in our guild and in the big group that have grown sort of quickly. What have been sort of the things that you've learned since founding Milestones that sort of when it comes to growth and dealing with the complexities that come along with growth, what, what advice do you have for our members? Yeah, maybe talk about kind of where we started in our growth and then maybe share some things that I've learned. So we really kicked off the product in February of last year, so 2022. And we started off with just three co-founders and we'll be at 23 people starting next week. So at a 20-person influx of employees. And I won't talk about revenue numbers, but we've had exponential growth. And so the team's getting big. We've grown really fast. One of the things that I have learned is like, is at least with employees, when you grow really fast, it's just important. I've seen it important for us to like really communicate that change 
like set set your your employees up for the expectation of constant change that things because as as you grow at certain stages like a 10 employee SaaS company or law firm is much different than a 20 person law firm so like we have to change policies and procedures every day and so that's been the biggest thing is like hey you're at a startup this is small we're growing fast things change it's x y and z to change all the time and that having that that expectation that things are going to change is is way better when you implement new processes that have to come as you grow but yeah i think that might be kind of an interesting tidbit are you tired of the marketing guessing game does your website feel more like a digital billboard than a client magnet if you're nodding along you're not alone and it's time to stop the uncertainty and start getting real results Let's talk about your marketing spend. Are you just shelling out money every month and crossing your fingers? Do you ever wonder what impact your marketing is really having on your revenue? Well, it's time to take the guesswork out of the equation with Rise Up Media. We've been working with them for over a year, and the feedback from our fellow members has been fantastic. Rise Up Media is here to take your marketing to the next level. They'll even perform a full audit of your online presence, giving you the good, the bad, and even let you in on what your competition is up to that you're missing out on. And the best part, there's no obligation, no catch, no pressure. If you decide to work with them, their contracts are month to month. That's right. No long-term commitments tying you down. So what are you waiting for? To learn more about how Rise Up Media can transform your firms, visit riseupmedia.com forward slash maxlaw and rise is spelled with a Z riseupmedia.com forward slash max law. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I, I wonder how much of what you all doing, both in the, the actual management of the firm and then also just the, the creation of the softwares and all that, how much of it is, are you use, utilizing things like AI? You're, you mentioned the chat bot, but I wonder how else you're using it. Cause it's, I've been thinking about this a lot when it comes to software companies where like, cause I know you can go on like as like a normal user like me and Jim, you know, like we don't know a whole lot when it comes to, to creating code, but I know you can create like generic code on things like ChatGPT, but how much of, of what you all do is guided by things like AI right now? A lot. You'd be shocked. Our developers use it all the time because ChatGPT can can write and correct code. So you can code much faster if you use it efficiently. You can ask, hey, I'm building a feature that is about appointment reminders. Give me a baseline framework. You have to know, you know, in your head, but like, our developers use it to help them write code. So that's a huge part. Implementation's a huge part for something like us because our tool is educating lawyers clients on steps of the case. So, you know, say a, a basic personal injury case, there's six or seven basic phases. Now, in our app it's customizable and the law firm's going to write information about what happens in the treatment phase. So like We'll say, we'll use AI LLMs to say, can you help me write the process of going through treatment in a personal injury case? And what it comes up with will actually go into our law firm's app, you know, as simple instructions. This is what's happening in your case at this time. So we use it for that all the time. And then I think the third biggest thing is marketing. It's like, we, it's a competitive landscape in software. And so we, are trying to get our website ranking really high. 
So we use it for blog posts. It helps us write blog posts. It helps us come up with catchphrases and content for our users to see. And I was using it all this morning coming up with our ads for LinkedIn and Facebook. Like ChatGPT helped us come up with our ads. So it's huge in what we do. It's constant usage every day. Are you worried at all, Manny, about adoption? I just so many of the lawyers that we deal with are just—I mean, talking about AI just scares the crap out of them. And they, you know, from a technological standpoint, there's certainly a subset that are at the, you know, tip of the spear. But there's so many that are just so slow to adopt. Yeah, I mean, I I would be worried about it if demand was low for our product. Like, but it's it just doesn't seem to be low, and so. I think, you know, we'll hit points where it'll be different, but like, you know, we have 50, 60, 70 people come on our website asking us for a demo that we don't, we don't outreach to them per month. And so, you know, when you have all these people coming to you asking for a demo to see your product, you're like, wow, people like this. I think when that slows down, yeah, and maybe it will. You just don't know the future, but it seems like people are really starting to use it, especially lawyers. I mean, speaking about the future, like we didn't see, at least I didn't see AI coming. It's, we, I mean, it's weird. It's like we were, we were working on something internally when it comes to AI. We didn't see Chad GPT coming. It actually kind of pissed me off because it allowed other firms to sort of cut, catch up a little bit. And so is, is there anything else that's on the horizon that like us lawyers wouldn't normally think of that you tech people know about that we, that we don't necessarily know about? Cause my guess is you probably had an idea that chat GPT was coming, but we didn't, didn't. So is there anything else on the horizon that we should be keeping a, an eye out for? Yeah. And I actually have a little bit of an insider scoop. I'll say, not that I'm, but so we went through this program, Y Combinator, which if you're in the tech world, you know, Y Combinator is called an accelerator. They invest into your small startup and help you grow and and get mass adoption. And it's really well known, started by Paul Graham. Anyway, we went through this program, Y Combinator, and now we're in this ecosystem of Y Combinator companies. And a lot of them will ask for advice. Like the ones that are going through the program right now will reach out and say, hey, Hona, you guys are doing well. Tell me about the legal tech space. So I've had three or four companies come to me in the past probably month or two with their AI legal tech startups asking me questions about the market. So like they're getting really specific and tailored. One that came to me the other day was an AI tool that drafts trademark trademark and IP requests. And it's essentially like a Google Chrome extension. You put in a couple fields and it will draft an entire document for them instantly. And so, like, that's a really niche use case, but there's probably a dozen of those going on right now. People are creating companies to do certain aspects with AI. So I think that what you'll see is a, is a lot of companies will create really niche use cases, like these demand letter generation companies right now. You know, you see them popping up everywhere. There's going to be a lot of things like that, niche use cases with AI. I hope everybody's listening. I hope everybody's listening because a lot of these pieces are things that you're probably billing by the hour for or billing for the overall project and AI and the internet is going to eat your lunch. Where do you think, Manny, where do you think the practice of law is headed with, with all the, these technological advances? What's, what's going to be the role of lawyers with technology, say, five or ten years from now? 
Yeah, I, I think that lawyers are super needed and like their discretion of using AI. I think what's going to happen is that it's just going to be the ones that are smart and use AI run the entire space. They do 90% of the business. And the, the firms that aren't using AI aren't as smart, aren't as efficient. They're just going to die off. I think that there's going to be a lot that have to transition to different jobs. And I think that they'll be like an elite group that run law firms. And I don't think it's going to go away. Like lawyer jobs will never go away, but it'll be really sophisticated people using technologies and know the law that completely run the space. And so a lot of them will drop off. I think there'll be a lot less lawyers and they will be really good elite ones. I don't, I don't know if you just heard that, but a bunch of records just skipped and you heard an, an, a, a bunch of gasps of people, people listening to this. So it's, it's just a matter of, I think, I think adoption. I think a lot of uh, adopting AI. I think, I think as long as people are listening to, to, you know, podcasts like this, I think they'll, they'll be just fine. But yeah, I do think that there's going to be a, a definite shift over the next, you know, five to 10 years or so. But Manny, I, uh, we are going to start to wrap things up. Before we do, can you tell everyone, everyone how they can get Hona if they are interested? Sure. The best way, honestly, is just to go onto our website, Hona.com and submit a request and we'll contact you instantly and we can chat about it. We'd love to chat with you. Fantastic. All right. Before we get to our tips and hacks of the week, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search Maximum Lawyer, and you'll find us. If you want to join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. Just like uh, amazing, amazing members in the guild sharing wonderful insights. And if you want to join us at one of the quarterly masterminds, the next one is going to be in Miami. If you want to join us there, go to Maxlaw Guild or MaxLawEvents.com. You can get more information. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? My hack of the week is a question. And that is, are you responding to the comments that you receive? Are you responding on social media in a timely manner? If you're not doing it, is somebody at least doing it for you? I've spent the last couple of weeks just testing out what it's like when Jim is responding to all of his YouTube comments. And I probably get about 20 a day, maybe. And so it's not too onerous. And if you, if you do it inside studio, it's pretty quick. You can do it. And we've started to see more engagement on the YouTube channel just by me doing it. I had, I had some people in the firm helping me with it. But as I mentioned on the last episode, I've been listening to a lot of Gary Vee. And, and I think people get sort of jazzed about getting a comment back from me. So I would encourage you to pick whatever channel is the one that you're getting the most engagement on. And don't forget about those comments. Don't, don't leave that there. Don't just let people be talking to avoid. Let it be sort of interactive and using the tools that are out there for you. Yeah, the YouTube Studio app is very handy. It's, it makes it really easy to, to respond to comments. So that's, that's a good one. All right, Manny, we always ask our guests to give a tip or hack of the week. What you got for us? So mine's going to be an interesting one. I don't know if anyone here that listens to this podcast is a fan of college football, but they recently allowed you, you know, in the whole NCAA sports program, you can now pay players for their name, image, and likeness. Something, a fun marketing hack that we're doing is using well-known players to shoot commercials and advertisements with, and it's really inexpensive. So my favorite team is the BYU Cougars. We recorded two 20-second clips with college football athletes, $250 for each clip, and we sent it out to all the BYU 
football player or BYU alumni in our network, and they said, oh, that's so cool. We'll take a look at your product. So the hack of today is use college football players or college athletes. They make money, which is really cool. It's not that expensive, and people think it's great. Like, you know, any super fan of a college is going to think a player doing a small commercial or snippet is really cool. So that's my hack of the day. I love it. I know Mo Lilienthal, I think he's doing some some good stuff down in Alabama. And I'm sure there's a lot of lawyers across the country that are using that as a, a hack as well. So I, I like that one a lot. For mine, mine is a, a simple little device that I'm sure many of you have heard of. I'm not sure how many of you use it, but it's the Amazon Smart Plug. So it's it's a really easy way. For example, for my lighting, if I do this, Alexa, computer lighting off. My lights just went off. You'll, I don't know if you'll notice the difference in my lighting, but then Alexa, computer lighting on, and then it turns right back on, which is pretty nice. So for things like that, I actually use it at home too. For We have an air compressor that the hose runs up from our basement into the garage, but the compressor is down in the basement. You have to turn it on every time you want to use it. So I just use it for things like that. So there's a lot of cool little uses that you can use around the office as well. We also use it during Christmas for our Christmas tree lighting, it turns on at a certain time. It turns off at a certain time. But it's a simple device, and every time there's the Amazon Prime Days, every year I always usually buy a few more. So that is my tip of the week. Manny, thank you so much for coming on and sharing information about the purchase. We didn't get into the funding as much, but congrats on that. Congrats on the name change and, and everything you're doing. It's a really cool product. And so anyone that's interested, make sure you check it out. But thanks so much for coming on, Manny. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.